Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dark Insight. This is episode 42, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we're only a few days away at the time of recording, which is 20th of January 2017, as it stands. Um, only a few days away from Resident Evil 7, and I'm seriously excited about that. I don't know if you are, but yeah, I'm majorly excited about it. Um, so... If you didn't already know, my name is Josh Crow, and I will be your host for this episode. And I'm joined today by my brothers from other mothers. <laughs> um, uh, we've got Mr. Jeremy Gray today. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Well, I mean, I'm doing okay. Like, my country is going to hell and the world probably with it. But otherwise, I am yeah. doing okay. That's all right. Well, you know, you just got to try and get by as best you can, I suppose. But that's why we're here. We're here to just forget about all that and just chat shit about games. Exactly. Uh, we, yeah, indeed. So we've got a very special guest today, a guy that I actually specifically requested to be on the show because he's a fantastic man. <laughs> and I've wanted to do a podcast with him for a very long time. And as you'll hear later on, we've got a couple of discussion points that we've been just, just sort of throwing around for a little while. So I'd like you all to... I don't know. Put your hands together, if you will, as it's <laughs> as it as it's been a particularly bad day. Let's try and find, let's try and get this all chirpy. Put your hands together and welcome Mr. Stephen Veyu from Wow, well, I suppose you know, platformers and Monster of the Week and all all that jazz. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay here in the front row seat of the end of the world. So how are we doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the best place to be. The oh yeah, I got my popcorn and sunglasses on. I'm ready to ride this thing out, man. Yeah, I think that all you can do is really just, I don't know, hold on for dear life and just, I don't know, hope for the best, I suppose. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you wanted to um do the customary weather section today. I know that, sure. uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty hot for you two, as uh, as I understand it. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous here, Josh. I'm not going to lie. It's January, mm. what are we, you said January 20th, and it's yeah like 80 degrees outside in Louisiana. That yeah. is, I mean, it's part of the ridiculous. course here in Florida, but but is it though? Like, because like Louisiana yeah. is hot, but like in January we usually have like colder weather. Like we usually have like well, a winter. Usually we have summer we and winter. Like, That's it. Like we don't have spring and fall. <laughs> we'll get like a week of like fall in january and february and then that's about it yeah as far as that, it. like i think starting on monday it's going to be down to like 60 which is going to be great mm-hmm. but it actually uh decides to you know not be sweltering out uh for the next week and then it'll just return to being 80 degrees constantly it's terrible i'm jealous of of both of you because when when i left for work this morning about five o'clock it was minus three over here so it's been pretty bloody chilly this week. It's been some heavy frost. Um, no snow, strangely enough. But yeah, it's been absolutely freezing this week. So I would kind of kill for some of that heat right now. Man, I could I could use like some some cooling off weather. Like, and this is really yeah. weird because I want to say it was two or three weeks ago that um, me and it's got to be two weeks ago now that me and uh, Cliff recorded the podcast by ourselves. 
And then right after that, me and my wife went out to it like a like a little event thing for her. And my my the doors to my car were literally frozen shut. It was sleeting outside. Like it was what? it was below <laughs> freezing. <laughs> and then like literally like a week later, it's eighty degrees outside. This is fucking preposterous. I hate this. All of this. It's insane. God, bloody hell. And I thought our climate was all over the place. No. I mean, it's the world's ending. It's a sign. Front row seats. Yeah. The world has moved on yeah. past okay weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it would seem that in this country, hell has quite literally frozen over. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, stranger things can happen, I suppose. But yeah. I guess there that's you a really dire weather report from Dark Insight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> Probably our most yeah. depressing, besides uh, Vader having earthquakes, is probably our most depressing weather yeah. report. Yeah, but it wouldn't be dark insight without a, a good old weather report. So that's you've that's got, true. You got to feature it. Yeah, you got to keep it in there. Um, so this well, is the I first suppose... time uh, you and you and Stephen have podcasted together. For some reason, I thought you guys yeah. like knew each other. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, um, dude. and I think we've only been able to get on voice chat once or twice, maybe. Yeah, while playing it's, stuff. It's only really while uh, we were both playing Destiny. Um, yeah, that's the only time we've ever properly spoken to each other, voice to voice, if you will. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this is part of the reason why I specifically requested for you to be on the show because like, I need the podcast <laughs> with this man. So, <laughs> yeah, so and it's quite handy, you know, that we've got the kind of community that's that's willing to, I don't know, sort of chip in with stuff like this. You know, you've all, you've generally always got somebody that you can kind of, you know, say, yeah, do you want to come on this week? And yeah, you've just got like a big range of people with varying opinions and it's always good to just keep the variety i'd say and i and i just want to throw out there like anybody out there listening that has a desire to come onto the show like send us a send us a dm um reach out to us on mm, discord yeah, uh we I, I tap a lot of my don't get the, give up skeleton guests for dark insight to come on like we had nikki on the last episode and we've had like obviously Steven and Brian and mm-hmm. uh, Kyle and Catherine and like a lot of our guests have been former don't give up skeleton people, but you don't have to be on any podcast ever to come on this show. Like just, just reach out to us as long as you have like a microphone and a decent internet connection, we'll probably have you on the show. Just like, just come ask, like it'll happen. Yeah, Definitely. You don't even have to be on the 27 podcast that Jeremy does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you don't like Demon Souls, Richard. Yeah, Richard. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Richard. Problem, I'm not a man. host of this podcast, but I'm, I'm stating it now. You're not allowed on. No, that's fine. Your opinion's welcome. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Richard, who is definitely a wizard, right, guys? Like, that, that dude is definitely yeah, a definitely. wizard. Definitely. Definitely a wizard. <laughs> and if you see his stuff, gloves. He, yeah, his gloves and the mm. and the absolute travesty that he does to all those magic cards. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. The only person that yeah. can do that is a wizard, and those are yeah, definitely. I agree with you, Stephen. Those are definitely wizardly gloves. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I was going to jump into the news, but there was just a couple of little bits of personal housekeeping that i wanted to take care of first just because i was going to chuck this at the end of the show but i thought i'd do it now just get out of the way um if you remember two episodes ago when it was just jeremy and cliff they were sort of throwing out a couple of thank yous to to people and they're just because i haven't been on the show since before christmas i wanted to do that myself and actually just chuck out a, a few thank yous and just say thank you to each and every single one of you who has subscribed and 
rated and reviewed us on whatever podcast that we use and you know anyone who's ever got in contact with us for feedback or anyone who's ever come on as a guest or just showing any genuine support for us and, and what we do and you know we try our best to actually put our content that is is worth listening to and it's good to see that people actually are willing to engage with it and actually like what we do and so i just wanted to sort of thank everybody for i don't know just carrying on listening to us and i also wanted to include with that a thank you to all the guys from dark insight because they've actually obviously none of you guys will know this but they've shown me a lot of love over the past few months and it's been greatly appreciated because we we speak in an actual sort of a group messenger and they've been so incredibly supportive of me because i don't know any of the technical stuff for, for <laughs> editing or, or stuff like that and i'm sure that i've given all those guys many many headaches and the fact that they're willing to actually stick by me and support me and just help any issues out that I have, you know, that is, is greatly appreciated because they could easily just say, you know what, we just, we'll find ourselves somebody else who can actually do all this stuff, but they don't, they, they stick with me and that's, that's greatly appreciated. So I just wanted to thank all three of you guys really publicly. I know I've done it in the chat, but publicly to just sort of say thank you. And, you know, that it's a pleasure to be part of the show and a pleasure to, to know you all and to actually have you guys as my backup. So that's, that's really awesome to me. Um, and the other thing that I was saying is an idea that I've been throwing around in my own head that nobody else knows about, but I've been considering doing um, a kind of a podcast diary sort of thing. So I wanted to basically get Resi 7 out of the way and Neo and probably Horizon Zero Dawn as well. But after that, I think the schedule was pretty much kind of broken for a while. So what I was considering doing is playing, because I haven't actually played this one. I wanted to do demon souls and actually do a kind of a podcast diary on my progress as i go through it so i just wanted to throw that out there get some like feedback from anyone who's listening um see if you'd be up for that and if if you are just hit hit me up on twitter or just hit the the dark inside twitter and let me know if you'd be up for that and i reckon that would just be a, a lot of fun because it's the only one i need to do to actually complete the set as it as it were so and it's about time that I played that. And I reckon after playing Neo, like, I'll have got that spark back in my belly and it would be a good time to actually go through and finally play Demon Souls. So just, yeah, just like let me know if that's a thing that you want me to do and, and I'll try and make it happen. Are you stealing uh, Steven's audio diary idea when he was playing Dishonored, when he was doing his like uh, voice let's play thing? kind of but if memory serves i think steven only did one episode of that yeah i did two i think i might have done two oh i know i recorded more than that but it turned out that like i i can't i'm really bad at having first playthroughs of games uh being something where i have to concentrate on also talking during them hmm. <laughs> uh also uh my bad opinion is that Dishonored 2 isn't as good as 1, so I didn't really want to talk about that while playing it. Yeah. I know. Mm. I'm going to have to disagree with you I on know. that one. But I know. Yeah. It's okay. Mm. I know I know I'm the I'm the odd man out on that one. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Plus, this was more kind of, I play a bit of it, and then every time I host, I kind of give everyone sort of an update on how I'm getting on. It wasn't necessarily a, I will record something as I play oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I, I am 100% into that. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was mainly sparked off, but there's a guy I watch on YouTube who does, he's been doing sort of a, a blind run through a Demon Souls, and I thought, 
that's that would be a good idea if I actually if I played it and then that gives me sort of a two week I don't know space to actually try and do as much of it as I can and then I can sort of come on here when I'm hosting and say this is how far I've got this is how annoying it is and then just sort of <laughs> if I'm really stuck just like say look guys I need your help here because you know because obviously that game is is pretty from my understanding of it is wildly different from the rest of the series in a few different aspects so but I just figured that it would be a good way to actually kind of I don't know finish off me playing this series and uh, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, that'll be super cool. I'm, I'm always interested to hear people who came onto the Soul series a little bit later and played them all and enjoyed them going back mm. to that original game mm. uh, and then seeing how it meshes with them since it's so weird and different from the other ones in a lot of in a lot of cool ways. But mm. Yeah, well, I mean, so I didn't come into the series until Bloodborne, so I've had to basically oh, wow. just work, work my way back from there, and it's the only one I haven't finished. I do own it, so it's about time I actually sort of pulled my finger out and said, no, I'm, I need to get this one done. That way I could actually have a complete sort of collective opinion on the series as a whole, because right now I feel like my opinion is slightly incomplete and it doesn't really feel like I'd, I can contribute a full amount even though I, I can but it just i don't know it just it would feel good to actually sort of get that one under my belt as well and say i've done mm. all of these games then i just got to do all the dlc for the ones that i haven't done yet <laughs> plus it's more souls so that's always good exactly yeah and you can never have too much souls you know and i'm gonna be the, uh, the horrible person here to say if you want to hear josh's incomplete history with the souls games you can go to www.dontgiveupskeleton.com and look for his episode which i believe is episode number three uh one of the first people i've recorded with uh and you can hear all about his history except for demon souls so i'm excited i want to you you have a ps3 in place already right like you're you're ready to go like you have the game you're good okay yeah yeah i've got it also i did actually make a start on it i played probably about half an hour of it mm-hmm. and i think by that point because when i actually came to playing that i'd done i'd done bloodborne i went back and did scholar and then i did dark souls one so by that point i was kind of a little bit burnt out i thought i just need a break from this to go and play sure, other things yeah. but i think yeah. now the time is right to actually get that one because i said to myself i was going to do it last year but i didn't get a chance just because the release schedule towards the end of the year was so crazy that i just did not have time to fit it in but the release schedule for the majority of this year at least from my perspective is relatively empty so i think this year i've got enough time to actually fit it in nice I'm excited. Yeah. I, want, I want to hear your opinions about the game as as the as as we go on. Like that's, um, I've I've heard some pretty weird opinions about Demon Souls lately. Like I was, mm. uh, like there's an episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton coming out soon that where the guy is just like, uh, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm not I'm not really worried about it. But he's like, no, I, I just think Demon Souls is a bad game, and it was all I could do to be like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but like the format for that show is like somebody else's opinion. So I have to be quiet, but again, excuse me. Uh, what? <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to hear your opinions on it. This is going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. So it just, it was an idea that I had sort of floating around my head and I thought I'd chuck it out there. This is the best time to really throw the idea out there. Cause nobody else knows about it. It's literally just me that knows. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity to chuck it out there. People can get in contact if they'd be up for that sort of thing. And then, uh, like I said, I want to get these three games out of the way just because I'm looking forward to all three of them. So I wanted mm-hmm. to just spend time on them, get them all out of the way, and then um, just really get my teeth into Demon Souls. Well, so, bef- yeah. bef- before we hit um, 
what we've been playing because there's really not a whole lot of news going on. Um, I just I just want to mention some some admin stuff for the podcast. We uh, mm, yeah. over the last couple of weeks we have moved hosting services. If you if you listen to any of my other podcasts like Don't Give Up Skeleton or Monster of the Week, you've probably already heard a lot of this. So I apologize. Maybe like hit that button that skips ahead thirty seconds <laughs> so you can skip this. <laughs> uh, but we did change host of our podcasting service, so we're no longer on SoundCloud. The episodes are no longer available on SoundCloud, and they probably won't be. Um, if you're if I guess if you've heard this, if you're hearing this, you already your feed's working. But if you have any problems with your podcast feed, um, <laughs> go to www.darkinsight.net and you can see our new website where you can download or stream any of the episodes. You can also browse it by like host or by guest, which is really cool. Um, here's a fact, and Josh, I don't know if you knew this, and Stephen, you probably didn't either, but um, even though Cliff has started this podcast, he has not been on the most amount of episodes. He's only been on he's been been on 30 episodes and Vader has been on 37 which is just hilarious. Um I've been on 28 but I'm not going to count all of those because a couple of those were when I was a guest before I was officially a host. Mm, so uh, I'm true. I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm not quite close to to Cliff but yeah. Vader has been on 37 versus Cliff's 30, which is just hilarious. Anyway, that's awesome. <laughs> if you guys, if anybody out there is having issues like um, with their RSS feed or with their podcast apps or what have you, uh, the best way, the best thing to do is to send us a DM at Dark Insight Pod on Twitter or to send me a DM directly at JG Greer on Twitter. So yeah, mm. but this is going to be exciting. Yeah, this is cool. this this new site gives us like a lot more flexibility. It gives us some more features, and more importantly, it's cheap as hell compared to SoundCloud. Mm. So nice, yay, nice. It's funny you should um, mention that fact because I was only thinking the other day that I haven't been on the show for a little while. And I'm thinking, well, it's all right. I'm in the clear because both Jeremy and Cliff have barely been on it anyway, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all right. It doesn't matter. uh, You have hosted six episodes according to our website. So have I? Yeah, you've been on six episodes. Yeah. I think a couple of those were probably when you were guesting too. So just like I I didn't feel like bothering to create you as a guest and a host. I just created you as a host. Anyway. Yeah, I think this I think this is my third time hosting. So Yeah. That that probably makes sense. It's better every time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the, in terms of news, the only news I really wanted to talk about was the Horizon Zero Dawn trailer that uh, I think it was launched this week, maybe? It was either this week or last week? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was uh, early this week. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was towards the start of this week. Um, yeah, so they released the, the story trailer um, because as far as I know, we haven't really seen too much concerning the story of that game. It's more just been to do with uh, the setting and, and mm-hmm. what you're actually doing. So they did release uh, a story trailer, which is kind of, it, it seems to be sort of rivaling factions from what I can tell in the trailer. And it looks like it could be a bit predictable um, in terms of where it's likely to go. Um, but there does seem to be sort of a couple of rivaling sanctions or tribes or, or whatever and there's sort of differences in in armor and and sort of i don't know militaristic setups if you will um i thought it was pretty good uh to be honest when i play that game i'm not really too concerned about the story i'm more concerned yeah. about yeah i'm more concerned about what it is i'm going to be doing and more just because it's it's going to have pro optimizations so i'm just looking forward to seeing what those are exactly um so the story to me is kind of a secondary thing. Um, 
especially as I mean, I, I hate to say this, but because it's it's being made by Gorilla, who did the Killzone games, and you know the Killzone games aren't really known for this like great stories, so you can't. And I... yeah, the the stories were never the thing that drew people in. I guess some people get into it, but it, they were good enough to move you from point A to B to get to the cool gameplay. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Killzone. And they they certainly know how to utilize the technology. I mean, I mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I'd say it's probably a safe bet to say that Killzone Shadowfall is probably still a like it's probably held up well since the PS4 first came out as like a launch title. I mean it it looked amazing when it first came out and we didn't have too much in terms of great launch titles when it came out anyway, but I'd say that one's probably held up the best. Um so I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what they've been able to do with the technology, especially as their engine seems to be worthy enough of being picked up by kojima for death stranding so obviously yeah. their in, their engine seems to be robust enough to get his interest and if he's interested in it well just count me in as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah, but... i just i just want to um i want to piss off cliff because i know he's gonna be listening to this and just say once again that death stranding is never gonna be is never gonna come out like it's gonna be like a 2025 <laughs> game so, sorry cliff game's never gonna happen i apologize i love you Either that or it's going to be Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes 2. <laughs> oh, God, no. No. Don't say that out loud. Yeah. They're going to go down the Crash Bandicoot route and have Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes Twin Sanity or something like that. Twin Sanity. Yes. I love this. Yeah. I, love, I love all of this. This sounds way better than Death Stranding. Oh, this is good. This is very, very good. I'm sorry, Kojima. I love you. <laughs> I mean, as long as Mads Mikkelsen's in whatever he's doing, I don't care. Sure. Yeah, that's fine by me. I, I could happily watch that man all day. I keep but, forgetting uh, yeah. that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is made by the Killzone guys. Um, yeah. I, I don't really have much yeah. of a history with Killzone, but uh, like you said, Josh, like when the PS4 came out, like we were there were only like a few games out there. So and I, I kind of had this mm-hmm. impulse thing where I just dropped by the local GameStop and just picked up Killzone. Uh, on my way home to pick up my PS4 and to play it because I was playing pretty much doing all digital games, but I was like, ah, screw it, I'll, I'll try this Killzone game. And the only thing that I remember from it is that weird Dark Souls reference that happens in like the first five seconds of the game. You guys remember that, like the poster on the wall or whatever? Oh, no, I don't wow, I that. totally missed that. No, <laughs> yeah, no, let me let me see if I can find it and I'll, I'll drop it in the show notes. But That's yeah, there's awesome. there's uh, yeah. there's definitely like a poster on the wall that says like Dark. I don't think it's Dark Holes. I, I want to say Dark Holes, but it, it can't be that. <laughs> But it says something like dark foals, maybe? I don't, I don't remember. Let me see if That's I can find funny. it. Um, Mind you, bearing in mind that at the point I played Killzone Shadowfall, I hadn't, like, and none of the Dark Souls games were even on my radar. So I didn't even, I didn't even know they were a thing. So that would, I might well have seen it and it just completely passed me by because I didn't actually know that they were a, a franchise or a series. So yeah but yeah, that's, that's uh, really weird it was dark trolls if you guys look in the uh share document <laughs> oh, that we're looking at there it that's is awesome it's in the it's it's literally in the uh like as you start up kill zone oh, I, don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember like it's in the first room that you're at like i think it starts you out like in some sort of like hotel or yeah, like, you're a little kid in a, in his apartment yeah 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 yeah, yeah something oh, like that's that that's insane yeah yeah and then totally that's dark really funny. same font and yeah. same style yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah 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 that's you think i would have seen that since i bought a ps4 for bloodborne i don't i don't know how i missed this well like every game nowadays has a as a fucking reference to dark souls like the all of the yeah. like um borderlands games with their solar campfire thing a lot of them have like real dumb references nowadays 
them. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Horizon Zero Dawn, y'all. Like that, that game looks yeah. Horizon legit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that game looks badass. And so now, now I've got my pro. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the optimization settings yeah. are. Because I, I, I'm mean, in terms of the the HDR of it. I reckon that color scheme is just going to really shine on that console. Man, hearing uh, Patty talk about the witness on his 4K HDR TV, like mm. being upgraded for that, like that kind of lighting thing, and the witness already being one of my like favorite games of 2016, and looking absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. Like I, man. I just I just want to go out and spend five grand on a PS4 Pro and a new 4K t- 75 inch TV and just do the thing. But yeah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I, I would like to go into Best Buy and s- just look at it for a second. Like I don't know. Like I, I was having this discussion about um, why I don't need to buy a Switch to play Zelda. Uh, is that like I, I, dude? I play on consoles and I'm not really super concerned about visuals and stuff, which is why I'm a little bit. I'm not as against the PS4 Pro as a lot of people seem to be, uh, but I, guess I really don't understand the point of it. I guess, and like, and especially depending on what Scorpio is going to be, I just I don't get it. I mean, I would like to if I would probably. I'm saying that I would probably get one if they patched Bloodborne to have a steady yep. frame rate. <laughs> I was just mm. about to say that's part of the reason why I wanted one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You give me that. Uh, I don't even have to have yeah. 60 frames per second. You give me that rock solid 30, and yeah. I'm there day give me one. That 30 cap. Mm. Give me, give me kinda, that 30. I found myself. I like 30 better than 60. Like switching mm. from uh, Scholar over to Dark Souls 3. I was like, ooh. I like this way more. I've talked a lot about that. Like the, the 60 frames per second in Dark Souls, like if, all the way back from Dark Souls 1 when that finally got brought to PC and people were like doing the uh, DS fix thing. Like it just looks mm-hmm. wrong. Like 60 frames per second. Like if you watch Vadi's videos and he does like, he does a, that ultra smooth like video quality yeah. things that he does. It's like weird. it just looks wrong to me. I know it's not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. Like people out there like, Put down your email clients. I'm not saying you're wrong for being a PC gamer or whatever, but it just looks weird. So yeah, I'm with you. Just a mm. rock solid 30 is all I need in my Souls games. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then bearing that in mind, because I'm a person who never played uh, vanilla Dark Souls 2. So well, in terms of the comparison between vanilla and Scholar, how do you feel about that one? Um, I think, it, again, uh, they're outside of the NPC, which they patched into the original mm. uh, game. I think that, again, bad opinions from this guy. I don't think that Scholars is as much of a improvement as a lot of other people do. I'll just say that. It's um, I, I don't I don't think it I think it gets way too much credit for one. Like I think people look at Scholar like oh they fixed everything and they, and they definitely didn't. But Dark Souls Two Vanilla on 360 was a garbage looking video game. Like the mm. the shadows and stuff that they would do, like if you stand in, if you stood next to a bonfire and like um like looked onto a wall, like there's a couple of there's a couple of bonfires in that game where you can like stand next to it and like look at your shadow on the wall, like it was it looked terrible. A lot of textures were really really muddy. A lot of that mm. stuff carried on over through Dark Souls Two Scholar, but like the frame rate and the general resolution being an upgrade, I think was was very positive. Um, just in terms of graphics, in terms of like gameplay and things like that, like the the game they they made the game tougher for veterans is what they did. That it, it makes a lot more sense, like where you find DLC items and they've changed like a lot of like 
item descriptions and stuff. But like Steve mentioned, they, they patched a lot of that into vanilla as well. But yeah, all that description stuff. And yeah. also I, Aldia, the only really, was patched into yeah. the vanilla version. Yeah. So yeah, you know, the, probably the most important character yeah. in the game, literally the uh, scholar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say that like the, the one thing that I think was a vast improvement in scholar was putting the, uh, the dull ember, uh, earlier, earlier in the game because before you had to go all the way to the Iron Keep and then you had to make a, a real weird jump to go get it, which sucked. Like mm. that was terrible trying to. But I mean that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a 30 frames. I like in kind of most anything. Like I don't like the true motion uh, in in like TV and movies and stuff like that where it's got that weird soap opera kind of feel to yeah, the camera. Fuck that. <laughs> but the like I said though, I, if you can, I do think that a lot of games have a real crappy frame rate. Um, but uh, you know, we can get into that later. I guess we got we got some games to talk about later that that'll come up. You've mm-hmm. been listening to Don't Give Up Skeleton. I've been uh, your host, yeah. Jeremy. Gruber. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we, okay, we, we kind of went all over the place, but I, I do want to look at mm. just look at my Twitter handle. I, I have yeah. an excuse. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all souls junkies. Um, mm, but to go back to Horizon Zero Dawn, I cannot yeah. fucking wait for that game. I didn't watch the yeah, story trailer be awesome. because I am I. It's up there with the kind of game like Dark Souls is, or like anything from From Software at this point, where I just I've seen enough of it to know that I'm going to buy it. So I don't need to see mm. anything else. Like I don't need to see a story trailer because I'll just see it in the game at this point. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. And then I I was already sold in it to begin with. Uh, pretty much from the very first trailer they actually released, I thought, yeah, I definitely want to pick that up. It was more just from I don't know, like an inquisitive side of me that thought, well, they haven't really shown too much in terms of story anyway. So what exactly are they going to do with this? And it was more to just kind of not necessarily answer some questions, but more open doors to what it could be when it eventually gets here. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to put it because I was, um, I actually kind of, the last trailer, I think uh, the Sony conference, what is that? PSX, the mm, trailer yeah. that they showed, was that where they showed the last story trailer? I think, I think so, it was. Yeah. And I actually mm-hmm. felt yeah, I like so. that started to show a little too much yep. of the stuff I didn't want to see. Mm-hmm. This last mm-hmm. one I liked because it kind of reset my expectations. I'm like, okay, it's going to be not like you have here in the notes that it, it it's probably going to be a little predictable in its storytelling, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. And I like knowing that going in, Yeah. Um, which is, that's kind of nice. So I don't have these things built because I mean. I hope we get some idea of who built those robot dinosaurs. Like mm, I think that'd be yeah. kind of cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like I really just, I want to ride around on stuff and use my bow and arrow to shoot yeah. giant robo monsters. I'm going to say it again because every time horizon zero dawn gets brought up, I have to say the words, but I just have a few syllables for you. Rope caster. Mm. that's that's the weapon yes. of the game that's the weapon of the game yeah. once i saw rope caster yeah. and they were shooting a rope at somebody and then like driving it a stake into the ground to tie their giant yep. robot dinosaur yeah. down i'm in yep. mm-hmm. that's it that's all i need to yep. see it's the exact yep. opposite of mario and real world like i said yep. I have to... <laughs> yeah 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 that's it yeah the dream is most certainly real with that one mm-hmm. it, is, it looks incredible yeah i'm really looking forward to it it's and to think it's only two months away now is incredible. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah it feels like nuts. an age ago that it was first announced, and now it's nearly here. I cannot believe that. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, especially just to see what it's like on on the pro as well. Because yeah. I have I have noticed with just as a general sort of overview, because of last time I, I was hosting, I didn't actually have the the pro, whereas now I do. I have noticed that some games that have got pro optimizations don't really show it as much as I thought they would. In particular, the uh, the Return to Arkham collection, but I think that might be more because it was a re, I don't know, like a, a refresh of it anyway. So I think maybe I was already tarnished by the fact that it looked better as it was because mm. it, it's got it's got extra textures to it. So I think maybe because of that, it didn't really show in the gameplay. I mean, they they've been saying that it, there's been problems with frame rates and and all sorts, and that was more something to do with uh just when they they brought it over to the ps4 anyway and every time i hear somebody complain about the frame rates in that collection it doesn't really bother me because i seem to remember the original versions having frame rate issues and it's it doesn't bother me it's like as far as i'm concerned if you can put up with blight town you've got no right to complain (laughs) you've got no right to complain about frame rate if you can do that if you can get through that and actually survive Frame rates shouldn't be a matter like shouldn't matter to you at all. They just should not be an issue. Um, but since some stuff does really shine, um, there's one game in particular that I'll get onto later that really, really looks incredible. But Dishonored Two looks pretty good on it. Um, Titanfall Two looks really, really nice. And well, let's uh, uh, look, look, tell me about Titanfall Two because I am very interested mm. in hearing your opinions about it. Right, so. Let me put it this way, just to preface this a little bit. Last time I was on the show, or it might have been the time before that, I can't remember, I said that Dishonored 2 was, without a doubt, my game of the year. I then went and played Titanfall 2, and that decision was changed. Because Titanfall 2 is, without a doubt, my game of 2016. That game was so much fun. I absolutely loved it from start to finish. Because when... I first got into it was when I think it was me and you, Jeremy, were talking about it, and it was because of CJ that we both bought it. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you, CJ. Definitely. Yeah, thank you, CJ. You've done me, uh, done me proud on that one, definitely. But so when I started playing it, I remember it was one of the gavs. I can't remember which one. It was one of the gavs. He said he was playing it on hard, and so I thought, well, this is obviously the best way to play it. But because I'm, I'm just rubbish at those sorts of games. It was just too hard for me, so I did have to knock the difficulty down. But I thought, well, I want to enjoy this game, and I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm just banging my head against the wall constantly. So I knocked the difficulty down. Uh, I think it was just to normal, because I thought, I want just a good experience. I can go back and do it again on hard. It's fine. It's no problem. And once I hit that that peak and that difficulty, man, that game is just so much fun. It is just, it's kind of like being in an action film but it just it feels so good to play just the, the how fluid the movement is and the combat and I'd, i absolutely love bt i think bt is absolutely incredible i think just despite the fact that obviously it's a very although they were pushing to kind of get the the pilot um titan sort of interaction it was a bit limited but I feel like with the limitations of it and considering the fact that it was a single player campaign that they announced um, like during the process of, of it in, being in production and the fact that the first game didn't have a single player campaign, 
and you sort of you go into it with low expectations and you think well you know we'll see what this is like and so just sort of give it a go and to, for going in with a slightly higher expectation of that based on other people's opinions and to come out saying i enjoyed the shit out of that game i'm gonna go <laughs> and play it again right now and it, it's not very often that i will finish a game and then just go back and look through all the trophies and think right i can get that and get that and get that and get that yeah, and, and that's what i did yeah as soon as i finished that game i looked at the trophies and then within about another two hours i just got another sort of i don't know five or six trophies because it just i just loved being in that world and it was just it felt so fun um yeah just there's one thing i was thinking about the other day actually is before titanfall came around the two big shooters used to be battlefield call of duty I mean, they still are, really, because Titanfall is, sadly, below those two. But I always felt that Battlefield was obviously more realistic, which is fine. You know, there's a place for that. But it felt so slow and so cumbersome, and you didn't really feel like... You know, like if you died, you felt that you had to run an entire marathon just to get back into the action. And Call of Duty always felt like you could just get back in it and just you know get straight into the action. No trouble. And it just it felt so much lighter in terms of you know the fluid movement. And then when I played Titanfall, it felt like playing Call of Duty after Titanfall, which I did. I played Infinite Warfare over Christmas after I finished Titanfall. And Call of Duty seemed to be the new battlefield in terms of this feels really slow and, and cumbersome when Call of Duty never used to feel like that. But because Titanfall just it just feels so snappy. And it always seemed like it was running at 60 frames a second. I mean, I don't really have too much of an issue with frames per second and all that rubbish, but it really did feel like the the movement was so fluid that it felt like it was just running at a quicker frame rate. And yeah, the going back to Call of Duty was just, it just felt, I don't know, kind of boring, really. Um and dude, to like point where y- did... you've nailed it. Like the movement in that game is so mm. freaking fun. Like it makes oh, me want so to play good. through it again, just so that I can like run on a wall and then jump to another wall yeah. and you know jump into my mech. And like every time that you like run to your mech and your and your NBT, who is like the mech that you bond with, like reaches out and grabs you and like shoves you into his stomach and then like the effect of the hatch closing and the ui changing like Mm. that that effect is so good it's so satisfying everything about Mm. that game has these weird feedback loops that just feels good it just feels fun Mm. to play like a lot of first person shooters don't actually like feel that great in the hand like you're just kind of like moving around and then boom i'm dead but man Mm. and i wasn't when the beta came out right before the full game came out, that's that was my opinion about Titanfall too, because it was multiplayer. Like I booted it up. Mm-hmm. I died. I think I even said on this podcast, like I died immediately yeah, and I turned it off and I never played it again. And it was CJ mm-hmm. that was like, Oh man, the story in this game is good. And the story is okay. Like it's not, it's nothing mm-hmm. like hugely moving. Like it's not going to change your idea mm-hmm. about video games, but it's a solid story. But no. the level design, the way you move yeah. through the levels, there's two levels specifically that stand out above almost anything else that I've played in 2016. Like the, the weird, I don't want to, I don't, I really don't want to spoil it for people, but like there's a weird thing where you get an ability on like the fourth or fifth level that lets mm-hmm. you kind of flip back and forth between things. That's really, really interesting. And then there's mm-hmm. one level right before that, where you're kind of going through a manufacturing facility that is amazing. So, mm-hmm. so good. I, the, the, yeah. Oh man, it's so good. 
Yeah, it really is. It, it, it reminded me of, do you remember when uh, the very first Halo came out and when Bungie went on record as saying that the way they wanted Halo to be was 30 seconds of fun just repeated over and over? Yeah. And this is the first game or first first person shooter game, I should say, I've played probably since the first Halo where I've actually felt that feeling again. Like I've played so many first person shooters since the original Halo, but it just seems to nail that you're gonna have fun in these thirty seconds and then we're just gonna repeat it over and over again. And they're they're constantly switching it up, they give you a new ability and then you know you get time to play around with it and then by the time you feel like it's about to overstate its welcome. They say, don't worry about that. We're giving you this to do now. And then it just, it constantly just drives you forward. And I agree. The story definitely is nothing groundbreaking, but then I didn't want it to be considering the fact that it was, it felt kind of like an afterthought and everybody was down on it from the first moment it was announced to it being as good as it was, if not groundbreaking. I think that's just, that's absolutely astonishing. All the, like the the mini bosses that you have, or the actual bosses, I should say, that you have during the game, they don't employ a, a big amount of strategy, or they don't. Um, well, I, mean, I suppose they might do if you play on a harder difficulty. But if you play on normal, they don't really require much strategy or just for you to pay attention that much. But it just it just feels right. It feels like, yeah, I'm ready to take you on. It shouldn't be too hard. You know, sort of three, four attempts at most. Um, and I feel like the, the characters were fleshed out enough to make me want to actually have a fight with them. Um, I don't expect them to be sort of completely fleshed out characters, which is fine, but I feel like they were they were good enough to actually say, yeah, I'm ready to take you on. I'm ready to take you down now. Um, but yeah, man, that game is just so damn good. And I absolutely love it to pieces. I love it to pieces. And then when when I, f- I finished the campaign, I went back, mopped up a load of the trophies, um, and then I thought, I'll try my hand at the multiplayer. Because before I, I loaded up the single player, I did try the multiplayer. And it was just being killed over and over again. And I thought, that's probably just... It's nothing to do with the game. It's just because I'm not very good at these kind of games. But I found that as soon as I'd done that campaign, I went into the multiplayer and just kicked ass. Those those games I had straight away, because I was so fresh off the back of the campaign, I was just completely in tune with what the game wanted from me. And I was able to just absolutely dominate the multiplayer. And uh, especially because people always said about Battlefield that it's one of those games where if you play it online, you always feel like you have a specific role within your team. And, you know, you feel like you can't do any wrong there's always a place for you and you never feel like, I don't know, like you're, you're not contributing anything to the team. I've never personally felt that way. Every time I've tried to play a battlefield game online, I get killed instantly every single time. And I think, Nope, this just, it's too tough for me. It's, I just can't do this. Whereas Titanfall did make me feel because obviously it's got the, the AI controlled enemies and the multiplayer matches as well you know that you can still do at least something to even if it's just you kill a few ai controlled enemies and that still helps contribute to you getting your titan down a bit quicker so you never feel like you're actually being left out um 
and it just felt so good and so much fun. And I felt like the maps were really well designed. Um, and it was just, just so much fun. Oh, Did you go back and um, have you so have you fun. ramped up the difficulty at all? Uh, I haven't yet. I I intend to. It's just simply because I've just got other stuff to play. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to put this down and continue with other things that I need to play. But I do intend to. I um, um I started the campaign over after finishing it the first time on like whatever their master difficulty was or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, oh boy, <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know how you would do that with like just like the normal like play style of that game because what that game really is at its core is like you running through people and diving and sliding and running on walls and kind of using the environment to your advantage to be able to pick people off on master difficulty. Mm. You seem to die in like two shots. So it just turned me into a guy that was like using the invincibility thing to like your invincibility, Mm -hmm. not your um, invisible ability, like your stealth ability to like sneak somewhere and then like snipe dudes off. Like it would take me like twice, if not four times as long to get to a level. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Titanfall yeah. 2 is good, y'all. Yeah. Y'all should play that game. Steven, have, yeah, have you, you really should. Have you played it? I have. Okay. Um, you, you've been strangely, you've it. been strangely quiet. I, I, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's as super cool as everybody else does. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this is where our first point of discussion comes in because you've yeah. played like me. You played both Titanfall 2 and Call of Duty, and you prefer Call of Duty. So this is where. I do. Things are going to get interesting here. Which is so, insane because I hate yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll let you put your case forwards um, sure. for Call of Duty. And then I'll try my best to, to not tell you that you're wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I'll let you put your case forward. And then, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll have a proper discussion about it. So please tell me why Call of Duty is a better game. Okay, um, I don't know if it's... That's the thing. I don't know if it's necessarily a better game. Like, the stuff you guys were talking about, about the frenetics of the combat and the way you're moving around the environment. Um, I did like the wall running and stuff like that. Um, but I felt like Doom was a, had a more entertaining, that 30-second loop. Uh, hmm. Maybe not necessarily better, but for me, like, the speed of Doom and how aggressive everything is in doom because i played that when it first came out so by the time i got to titanfall i kind of felt like things in titanfall were a little not light like everything with the mechs felt really good but i felt like i mean just the way doom guy grapples onto ledges and stuff is just so violent and like he's angry about it um and so like that's the kind of that's i really connected with doom there and then i mean going into the year i was fully expecting to like titanfall 2 way more than call of duty um, and I was really excited about the campaign Titanfall 2. Uh, and then I wound up uh, picking up Call of Duty for super cheap on Black Friday. So it wasn't like I actually, you know, I think I got it for like 25 bucks or something like that. Yeah. So it was perfect for me. Um, and that also might be why I don't, why I like Call of Duty a little bit better is because I paid less money for it. Uh, <laughs> but by the end of Call of Duty, they made me care about characters in a call of duty game in a way that i would have never guessed like Mm. i cannot believe that like i thought ethan was when ethan the robot pal that you get in in infinite warfare when he first walks on the screen i'm like okay they're gonna have this robot guy that they're gonna try and make me be friends with and then it turned out that by the time um 
I don't want to get too spoilery with it, but by the time you, there's a moment with your character in Ethan mm -hmm. um, where things don't look very good. And like it kind of like the voice acting and the writing in that scene really, really got to me. And that, and that's my thing is call of duty. I don't think is necessarily a better playing game than Titanfall two is, but as far as like story moments and character development, which then fueled me wanting to get through the game even more, um, like I felt like Call of Duty was just it blew me away. I think it blew me away with the caveat that it's a Call of Duty game, and I went into it not really expecting much. But uh, I mean, we were talking about Giant Bomb uh, uh, off the recording, but like the dudes on Giant Bomb was he was talking about. He's like, yeah, I don't know why. Like I kind of care about these characters. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I also know that it's one of the writers from Naughty Dog who came over and 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 was helping out. So I'm like, well, check it out for super cheap and. By the time credits rolled, man, I'm not lying. Like, there's a part where you can play the audio clips, like audio files that these characters have left in case they were to die in combat. And spoilers, they all do. Um, the and some of that stuff is really heartbreaking. Like, it really is. And I, I know I, I'm just talking about the voice acting and the story in this, um, and not necessarily the gameplay, which goes back to where Doom I felt was. I had way more fun playing Doom. Um, just everything about the kinesthetics of that game really just, they get under my skin in the best ways. Uh, and like, I mean, would physically elevate my heart rate while playing it. Like I could, mm. I would have to breathe after a combat situation in Doom and I just have to put the controller down and just kind of like, okay, <laughs> I can breathe now. <sighs> Let's slow down for a second. And so that's kind of what it was is, the love that you guys, that everybody seems to be heaping onto Titanfall 2, I had already split between two other games this year. Um, that, that they had gotten to me in those ways and a lot stronger ways to me uh, by the time I got around to Titanfall 2. Because I was the complete opposite. I played Titanfall 2 over the break. Um, yeah. And also the super, like, and I think Titanfall 2 has a real cool level in it where you're flipping back and forth. And I know I said some nasty things about Dishonored 2 before. I love Dishonored 2. I think Dishonored 2 did that flipping back and forth a little bit. Mm. Maybe not better, but I felt like that situation was more interesting to do that mechanic in, mm. if that makes yeah. any sense. No, I, I agree with you there. I also think that the the item that you have in Dishonored 2 to actually do that mechanic works a lot better because mm. of the... Mm -hmm. The, the contrast and what it's showing you on the screen. So I'm trying yeah. to be a bit vague because, you know, you need yeah. to really experience it firsthand. But I think that the device in Dishonored 2 you have for doing that just benefits the situation you're in a lot more. Um, but, I mean, so because I'm currently going through Doom myself, I'm probably just over halfway through it now. And I completely get what you mean. Doom is like the, the absolute encapsulation of... 30 seconds of fun over and over and over and that that game is an entirely different beast for an entirely yeah. different reason yeah um <clears throat> yeah that game is absolutely incredible but then it's also it's got the driving music the soundtrack of which is probably actually my album of last year that soundtrack is so good <laughs> so, so so good, good. also oh, it might have so the best I, I not my it has the best opening level that i've played in a very mm. 
very long time. Yeah. Like the intro of that game is incredible. And I just want to point out because um, this is a rule that I made a long time ago before Josh was a host. But at any time we talk about how good a soundtrack is, we have to drop the music in underneath us talking about the yeah. soundtrack. So just make a note to put that in. Right. Right. So something okay, really awesome is happening behind our voices. Absolutely. I know just which track to use. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so the, especially after, I think Cliff might have mentioned it um, on the episode sort of two weeks ago um, concerning the uh, the No Clip documentary. Mm. After having, I mean, I haven't completely watched that yet. I've just got the extended interviews to, to watch, but that documentary does give you such a a proper look into the actual creative process that they went through and to just see what that game was before and what it turned out to be is nothing short of a miracle really i mean yeah. if you see if you see the footage that what of what would have been doom 4 as it was termed back then it was a completely different game and then well, you they see were, they were calling it call of doom yeah, yeah, they were. That's and what you, it looked like. You can really see why, because that's exactly what it looked like. I mean, fuck knows whatever possessed them to go down that road in the first place, but I think a definite sort of, no, we need to go back to the drawing board on this one certainly benefited them in, in that regard, because everything in that game, even just what talking about Doom Guy and just his like place within that world, the fact that you, know, you have to physically break out your shackles at the very beginning of the game, and then when you get your iconic suit, that's not Ubisoft iconic, I might add. <laughs> um, when you actually get your suit, it is kind of because it's surrounded by candles, and it's it's like being worshipped. So they know they know exactly what the fans want. And it's funny because I was speaking to somebody at my work about this uh, it was a week or two ago, and he asked me what I thought of, of Doom, and I said I absolutely love it. And he said that he thought that it was a bit boring and that it was just kind of just a mindless, dumb sort of shooter. And I said, but that's exactly what it's supposed to be. I said it's very self-aware, especially if you watch the documentary, because they know full well what people want when they play Doom. And so they're just they're completely connected with their fan base, and they know what their fan base wants. And bloody hell, did they deliver on that one? Because that game is absolutely incredible. It's just, yeah, especially the soundtrack. I mean, that soundtrack has been on repeat pretty much. The BFG division in particular is just, oh, mm-hmm. oh. It just, because I, it took me a little while to actually click that Mick Gordon is the same guy that did the soundtrack for uh, the last Wolfenstein game, New Order. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And I remember also a that, good one, yeah. Yeah, it yes, really it is. is. And then because I saw the video of him, uh, was it performing it live? I think it was. He was at the Game Awards when they performed it live, and I noticed he was playing an extra guitar. And then it sudden that's when it clicked on my head because I remember he actually did uh, one track on the Wolfenstein soundtrack with one of the uh, the guitarists from Meshuggah. So I thought, well, obviously he's going to be playing an eight string, and I'm a big fan of eight string guitars. So it just it just speaks to me. I I've never come across a soundtrack that speaks to me as much as that one does it is it's like it was made for me and the game very much speaks to that and oh it's so damn good really is and i mean you're only halfway through that game it 
it's one of the few that really only gets better as it goes and it ends like mm-hmm. it, it's the pacing is as close to perfect as i've seen in a game like mm-hmm. even up in including the final boss like at the end mm-hmm. of that game you're just like that was perfect and then you'll probably want to play it again because it's that good yeah more than likely more than likely but um yeah in terms of the, my feelings on on call of duty i'd I get what you're saying about like the the audio logs that play over the credits. I really couldn't care. I I could not care. None of those characters to <laughs> me. Just I could not care about any of those characters. The only one I had any form of connection to was Omar, and that was purely because he was a British character. So obviously he ha- <laughs> he had a real crap British voice, and he was yeah. It was just it was very stereotypical of his kind of character, but um. Yeah, none of those characters. I don't actually know why they why they ever did, but like it kept. And I think maybe because I went into it not expecting a whole lot, um, that by the end of it, I was like, man, like Call of Duty wound up making the best Halo game since Halo Four. Like, what happened? Like, I think this is legitimately like a great science fiction story. Like, there's a part where you have to go onto a planet where you're having to dodge between uh, bunkers um, while it or you're not on a planet, you're on a meteor that is been taken. I think like uh, the bad guys, like they somehow take it off course or something like that. So it's rocketing towards the sun now. And so you're having to dodge between bunkers in between your side of the meteor rotating in view of the sun. Is this the plot of Armageddon? And then maybe (laughs) is Bruce Willis there. You're you're also (laughs) like, you're also in like a very scary abandoned robot facility where all the robots start to come to life and attack you. Like it's, it's, I don't know. Like I thought that like, it just kept surprising me in ways like that. I'm like, this doesn't feel like a call of duty game uh, for most of me playing it. And once again, Probably because I went in with zero expectations because I haven't liked mm. a Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare Two. So, mm. yeah, I, no, I wasn't I... even that big on Black Ops, and like I hate multiplayer and no. first-person shooters. So, yeah, no. Call of Duty is still garbage there, mm. as far as my opinion goes. But yeah, I don't know what it was. I couldn't. I was not expecting to have the reaction I had at the end of that game when just like spoilers, literally everybody dies. Hmm. Like, yeah. and I felt like this is the first Call of Duty ever to actually treat that with any kind of weight, because that's kind of that always kind of happens. Like, you'll have one of the, one of the like uh, the famous thing in Modern Warfare where the nuke goes off, and you're like, oh man, the dude I played has died. Like, that was more just like a shock value, and I felt like this they actually tried to put weight behind your character's relationship with these people because he doesn't want to have to make the calls that put them in danger. And then he realizes that they're soldiers. They, maybe they want to, maybe that's why they signed up. And like, it's, it, I don't know. I just thought it handled that stuff really well. Hmm. So again, I see what you're saying, but from my own personal standpoint, I thought all those characters were dickheads. <laughs> I really uh, did. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, really that's weird. <laughs> Yeah, especially I can't remember her name, but say like I don't know your second in command. Oh, but... Salt. Yeah, that's the one thing I yeah. didn't really like Salt a whole lot. No, and... no, I yeah. didn't. Did not like her at all because she gets a bit frosty towards you at one point, and I just yeah, thinking... she seems to unnecessarily uh, want to make. Even though I'm super glad they never tried to make a romance. Mm. Uh, oh yeah definitely between your character and her because i oh, i was definitely. dreading that coming up <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i think if that was to happen that that that's it that's the final nail in the coffin for that series but um 
So that I've never really, I haven't liked a Call of Duty game. I, the last one I really liked was probably the original Black Ops, and even that was mm. kind of, yeah, I'm getting a bit sort of fed up with this now. The last one I really properly clicked with, like you, was Modern Warfare Two. I absolutely, I played that game mm-hmm. to death. Um, but yeah, I just these characters, I just, I couldn't care. Um, I find that Call of Duty tries to sometimes inject some of the political machinations and stuff just to a very slight degree because obviously they don't want to alienate their audience but sometimes Mm -hmm. they have a habit of doing that and they can well even the slightest bit i just don't care about i'm not here for that sort of thing um the one of the things i did like was the obviously you've got or they're kind of treated like extra ops i suppose really all these separate missions that you have to go yeah. to focusing around sort of different planets and everything i liked the um uh what's the name? was it the jackal the yeah the you had? yeah yeah That's yeah awesome. I, I quite like those missions just because when you're locked on to a target it does take care of all the flying for you so all you have to do is press the fire button obviously it's dumb and it's really easy and it doesn't yeah. add anything to it but because it takes care of the flying for you it does make you feel like a badass because you think yeah i am pretty much ace rimmer from from red dwarf <laughs> that, that that is who i am right now and it does make you feel pretty cool um but I didn't mind some of the other ones where you had to um, go and like raid a ship or something, but I found those to be very samey to the point where some of the rooms that you go into to get what you need look exactly the same as the last. See, mission. I didn't do, I did barely any of those. Cause I actually, I was like, I want to see more of this story because so, like, like I said, the, the gameplay is whatever in, in mm. this game outside of flying the jet around is, is some good, dumb fun. Like it, for me, it was entirely just, I, I really like, like, I think maybe because I haven't played Call of Duty in so long and I haven't played Halo in so long. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of down for just a, this almost kind of shallow um, science fiction story. Like I can get into that. And then by the end of it, I realized that I actually kind of cared about the characters in a weird way mm. um, that yeah. I just, once again, wasn't expecting at all. And I can, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, don't worry, you're not alone in thinking that <laughs> Call of Duty isn't very good as far as that stuff goes. It's just, yeah. I think maybe because I played it before Titanfall 2 that like, okay, there's, I can see motivations in these characters. Like, I couldn't in Titanfall 2. And like, it was, again, just kind of like so obvious the stuff they were doing with the pilot and uh, and what, whatever, I can't remember the, the, the mech's name. BT. BT. Um, yeah, BT. Like, I don't know. I just, I found that stuff to be so obvious that I'm like, okay, I get it. Yep. I'm going to, he's, I'm going to say a thing and then he's going to say something charming back to me because he's a robot, which is fine. Like, I, mm. again, I, I, it's not like I have a problem with that. It's just that I already had that in Call of Duty. So I already, already got my fill of that, I think, mm. um, is what it is, what it was. So I just, I unfortunately didn't click with Titanfall 2 as much, as much as you guys seem to mm. have. I think which it, bums it more, me out. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was more because obviously Call of Duty is is mainly known for the multiplayer, but it always comes with a single player anyway. Was I think Titanfall Two just seemed to click with me more because the original didn't have a single player, and then when they announced this one, it was kind of like, well, it'll be interesting to see where they do take it. Yeah, and I, I agree with you that it is completely predictable, and it is very run-of-the-mill and you think i know exactly where this is going and what's going to happen but 
just take into consideration the fact that it wasn't originally supposed to have a single player campaign and that it got one to that I don't know level of quality I felt just kind of tipped it over Call of Duty who's by this point I mean so Call of Duty has been stale for many many years everybody knows that so I think that it was just a different franchise made by a different team um and their their gameplay, I felt, supported the story just because the story was was good enough as it was, but the the gameplay just kind of gives you the means to just push on because you think even if the story isn't as good as it could be, it's just so much fun to play. Whereas Call of Duty mm. just felt so boring, and I only really bought Call of Duty because it came with One Warfare Remastered, so I bought it yeah. on a, on a caveat anyway. Um, and I wasn't originally going to play Infinite Warfare. I just thought, well, I spent 70 quid on this thing, so I might as well actually get my money's worth. And, you know, mm. if nothing else, I get a few trophies out of it, cool beans, because you know, I'm a sad bastard who cares about that sort of stuff. Um, okay, I am too. Yeah, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, so I thought, well, you, you know, I'll, I'll give it its dues. I'll put it in and just play through the story. I could probably do it in about a day, which I did. Um, I'll give it its dues and just see what it's all about. Um, but I think it wouldn't have mattered which order I played them in if I did Call of Duty first or Titanfall 2 first, which is, I did Titanfall 2 first anyway. I think it wouldn't have mattered what order I played them in. I would have still enjoyed Titanfall that much more just mm. because I felt like Call of Duty, again, is very, very bland in terms of color palette, whereas Titanfall offered up different varieties of of environments, and it had a very vibrant color palette, especially because it they both had the pro optimizations, and I felt Titanfall two benefited from that. Whereas Call of Duty, just like oh, brilliant, yeah, it's it's a deeper shade of grey, fantastic, nice one, <laughs> yeah, 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 nice one, lads. Whereas Titanfall, you know, it's got sort of lush greens and vibrant oranges, and it's really bang and in your face yeah. and it just it appealed to me more which is weird considering the fact that i've actually got quite a sort of a, a dark personality but i don't know yeah, um, see, that's that's what i think brighter stuff usually doesn't like just if it's just brighter and i'm not saying titanfall 2 is bright just to be bright but like hmm. i can i'm actually more of a fan of a a consistent albeit boring quote-unquote boring uh color palette like i i kind of like that stuff a little bit more not maybe not like it more but I can appreciate that a little bit more than just like, oh, we need variety, which, you know, is fine. I mean, obviously, I mean, this is just us exemplifying different strokes, you know, like we mm-hmm, were obviously yeah. just getting very different things out of these very different games. Also, let's not forget, we are talking about characters and story in Doom, Call of Duty, and Titanfall. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> True. that's the bar True. we're working with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three completely different animals. But I mean, in Doom is an entirely separate conversation in its own right, just because it's it's that fast. And I, I can't remember who was saying that, but there's somebody saying that to be able for them to be able to actually keep things running that fast in Doom, but keep a consistent frame rate, because I think it does run at 60 frames a second. It does. Yeah. So for them to be able to actually make gameplay that fast and such a consistent frame rate even though I said earlier that I don't really care for all that frame rate stuff, it does kind of make you think, so why have other games got issues? Well, that's, why? that's what I was going to bring up earlier where, uh, 
I didn't want to bring it up till we got to Doom, where like I don't understand what excuse other games have now. Like Doom yeah. looks amazing, <laughs> and it yeah. it doesn't fall below sixty frames a second, and no. it's not a console exclusive. Yeah. So I don't understand what other people are doing or yeah. what it did different than everyone else to make Doom run the way it does and still look the way that it does. Yeah, yeah, it kind of makes you laugh when you sit there thinking it's twenty seventeen. Technology is what it is. I've got Doom, and yeah, I've got all these other games that people moan about frame rates, and you can. But these games have got less going on in terms of like moment to moment gameplay. But Doom is so intense and in your face, and it still manages to maintain such a consistent frame rate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's probably that. That's obviously got to be a credit to the id Tech engine because obviously they're pioneers of this particular genre as we know it. Um, so and those guys obviously they're very talented people over there um but it just it does help keep things in perspective when you see a game like doom be what it is and run so well and yet all these other games just can't manage it and it's always the thing that is picked up on it's oh the frame rate drops and Mm -hmm. you know you've, you've got this and that going on and yet doom is like but they did it they nailed it so if these guys can what's what's the problem everywhere else i don't know it's yeah just, it's, it's very weird but yeah i don't quite get it but yeah Titanfall 2 is a badass game and i absolutely love it to pieces i really do yeah all of that being said i don't think titanfall 2 is a bad game i think it's very good i kind of do think call of duty is a bad game but, oh, okay. I don't know. It, it was all right. <laughs> it. it was all right. It was. <laughs> it was pretty much exactly as I expected it to be, which was yeah. I'm just going through the motions now. Whereas Titanfall is, oh my god, this is incredible. I want to play it again. But I don't know. It's you know, it's each to their own at the end of the day. But so again, that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show because we had been we had a back and forth about this on twitter and i said i think it was you that said to me she's like we've got to do this in an actual sort of proper podcast format yeah 120 that... characters per message doesn't work too well no no not for this kind of conversation <laughs> especially when it was originally just those two games and then doom just kind of gradually nudges its way in you know and <laughs> yeah. then, you know and then then you're basically juggling things but yeah man some damn good games ah <sighs> right so, Jeremy, what have you been playing, considering we've been going on for such a long time now? <laughs> um, I only have one game to talk about this week, and it's a game that I've talked about a couple of times on the podcast before, but I finally um, <clears throat> got real into it over the last week or two, and it's Stardew Valley. Um, if anybody out there has been listening to Podcast Chomp, or excuse me, the Chomp Chain Podcast, which is at <laughs> Podcast Chomp, um, <laughs> you guys know that Chris Mosier over there, which is my pod buddy, has been really, really addicted to it. And uh, boy, did I get into this game this week. Um, it's I, I said a couple of weeks ago that this was going to be a game that I like play while I'm editing podcasts, so I can like listen to stuff and then just like play the game because it's kind of it's 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 a pretty light game. Like it doesn't. I can pause at any time. There's no online component, et cetera, et cetera. And it has served me well. <laughs> as uh, as Steven knows, I've edited like all of season one of Monster of the Week. <laughs> I've edited a ton of episodes of Don't Give Up Skeleton and Days of Future Cast. Like I've been, I've been on my grind with this. But this game is incredibly addictive. 
it I don't know what it is about this game that gets me into this crafting business like a lot of other games haven't. I think it's because it's a little bit more um I don't want to say it's less grindy, but like it gives you so many things to do. Uh, and there's no way to really fail. And I've talked about this a lot lately, lately, specifically about like Overwatch, like playing a game of Overwatch, even if your team loses, you still kind of advance. You just don't advance as much. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be like really any way to fail in this game. Like you have HP, but it would take you like being monumentally, like you would almost have to specifically go out of your way to kill yourself to fail, <laughs> to die. Um, I've gotten very low, but like literally the stuff that you pick up, you can just eat and like you get more health from it. Uh, you have an energy meter and if you exhaust that, then you like walk at a speed of snail. Like everybody goes to the rapture kind of walking speed. So that, that sucks and you don't want to do that. Uh, (laughs) but otherwise like you, 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 if, as long as you keep your energy and your HP, okay, you're, you're fine. But on, on a given day you can, you know, you, you're farming your crops. Maybe you're taking care of your farm animals or like there's a couple, there's been a couple of times where like I'll wake up in the morning or my character wakes up in the morning. I'll water my crops that need to be watered that I don't have sprinkler set up for yet. And then I'll just be like, Hey, I want to spend the day fishing. So I'll, I'll go to the beach and I'll spend my whole day fishing. Or maybe I'll go down to the mines and I'll, you know, get some stones or some amethyst or and kill some ghosts or kill some skeletons or whatever. Or like, Hey, maybe I want to walk around and like forage some stuff, or maybe I want to talk to people and like see if I can get this girl to date me. And I mean, like, like it's, there's just so much to do, and it's like there the layers are are just right there. Like I was I was struggling for the first two seasons, and then um, I was finally able to afford. I unlocked the thing that set it off for me is I unlocked these barrel like picklings and jam stations. So all of a sudden, like this stuff that I was growing, like tomatoes or melons, I could make jelly or I could make um, like pickled corn and things like that, which drastically increases the cost or your sale price for this stuff. So let's say like I have 10 corn instead of it being 300 gold. If I'd like turn that into corn jelly, which is not a thing, I'm just making this up. Like all of a sudden I'm making 3000 gold. So like it, it, even though it takes a couple of days for that to happen, so once you finally start like figuring out the way the systems work and start making like actual money, it gets way, way, way better. So now I have chickens. I have like, I'm, you know, I have things that are attaching to uh trees so that I can get syrups and things like that, or like pine tar or maple syrup. I, I built a beehive um, with my chickens. Like your chickens produce eggs every day, which is, you know, normal chicken bullshit. So you go pick up the eggs and you can just sell the eggs or you can make a mayonnaise station. So you can turn that into mayonnaise and sell it for like 10 times the price. It's really, it's super, super good. I think my, I haven't played this game yet and I keep, cause between you guys and Chomp Chain, I'm so close. I don't get into these types of, of uh, uh, like crafting and style kinds of, of games. But man, I would get so hungry and eat so much if I was playing this because that's it. It's like here you describe all these different foods. I was like, oh, I need to make a sandwich right now. Oh man, and there's like I I haven't even gotten into like I'm at the point right now where I have about ten thousand gold on me, and I have I can either buy extra space for my backpack, which gives you like I can walk around with more stuff, or I can uh, build a kitchen because that's how backpacks work. Yeah, of course. Yeah, (laughs) ten thousand gold gets you an extra, a bigger backpack. Like we've all been to, you know. Costco or whatever. Um, or I can buy a stable, 
and the stable comes with a horse and I could ride my horse around instead of walking around like some chump. Ooh. Or I can spend 10,000 gold and put a kitchen on my house, which gives me access to like making a bunch of food. Like I can make burritos, I can make pizza, I can sell that stuff or I can use it. Like I can save it when I go down to the mine so that I can like go mine further and go deeper in the mine. Like there's, does it just turn into Diner Dash when you get the kitchen? Because that would be awesome. I don't know. I don't know how the kitchen works at all. I'm assuming not. Really like, I'm assuming cool. that I have to, like, learn recipes yeah. and make food. But, yeah, like, it's... But, like, there's, like, a combat system in this. Like, I don't know if you know that or not. Like, you're going to the mine, and, like, you have a sword, and you have, like, a block move, and, like, I have a slingshot, like, that I can use for ranged attacks. Like, there's... It's way more, like, intricate than you would might, you might mm. expect. Like, at first, I was kind of... Um, I guess to, to back up a minute, like the, the the concept of this game is that your character gets tired of the, uh, you know, the daily grind working in the like shitty office situation. So he, his grandfather dies, he inherits a farm and it's like, okay, now I'm going to go build my life with this farm. So you move to this town, Stardew Valley, and you start a farm. And this town is populated by a whole lot of people. Like there's kids, there's dudes, like everybody has their own agenda like in every single character in the game you can meet and you can increase your relationship with by giving them gifts or just talking to them or solving problems for them. And I wasn't into any of this for like the first two and a half seasons of the game. And then one day I was like, you know what? I don't really have anything to do today. I'm just going to walk around and talk to people and maybe give them some stuff. And then all of a sudden, once I started giving them stuff, they started like telling me these weird stories. And now I'm like all in. I all want to dip. Now I'm struggling to find everybody I can talk to to give them all of the things. It's so great. There's a calendar. Like you go up to the calendar and you can see everybody's birthdays. So like if you go and give them a present on their birthday, they'll like you more. Like it's insane how detailed this stuff is. <laughs> it's really, really fun. And it, my only, I guess my complaints about the game now that I've dug into it a little bit is it's it's a very, it's it's obvious that this came from a, from the PC. Like there's times where mm. like the UI just doesn't really jive with me very well. So for instance, um, there'd be like windows on the screen that have a little X on them. And I would just assume that I could back out it with the, either hitting the X button or the circle button and it'll just go away. But no, I have to like use the right stick to like move a cursor over there and then click on a thing, which those are like minor complaints, but I, I just want to bring them up because like it's, it's a very PC game, but it still plays very, very well on the, yeah. on the PS4. So yeah that's and that's literally the only game that i've played this week i uh i had an idea to try to, to play titan souls and some other like ps plus stuff but uh, i downloaded them mm. all and then forgot to play them because i was too busy farming mm. yeah, spoilers I, titan souls isn't that great yeah and I, i've heard that i just i kind of want to i just want to mm. experience it for myself so i can finally listen to those bonfire side chat episodes mm. ah yeah yeah, so do I, but uh, I've added them to the library just because I haven't got enough hard drive space. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Got to upgrade yeah, to that two terabyte, um, man. You got to upgrade. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've already got it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't you worry. No, that's my standard hard drive, and that's full. So, yeah. Um, one thing I will say is that this kind, of, this kind of game, it doesn't really appeal to me, but I can certainly appreciate why everybody would love it correct me if i'm wrong this is made by one guy wasn't it i think it's just a singular guy that made this game i'm I'm, i don't want to say that for certain because i'm not sure uh chris has told me that at least one guy has done all of the music so i don't i don't know if that's the same guy that made the game or if that was just one dude making all of the music or what have you but i i I do know it's it's a very indie title like it's there is i don't know there's not like a Hmm. like ubisoft didn't make this because there's no towers yeah um yeah that's true. <laughs> but yeah it's i think it's a small operation um 
Man, and like mm. I do love the aesthetic of it. Oh yeah, it's, it's so it's like so nice whimsical and looking. But then also hearing you and Chris talk about like the possibility of maybe darker things being underneath the surface of this, like like that kind of stuff really tempts me into buying this. Like, oh. and they do they do some really smart things, and I, I guess these would be considered kind of spoiler stuff so like if you if you care about going to this game like 100 blind i guess fast forward a little bit but like it's not it's nothing major or anything because i don't think there's really a specific story happening outside of like save the community center out of an 80s movie or something but um <laughs> they, they do some really smart things like so Stephen, you just mentioned like hearing people talk about stuff like chris told me one time like hey as soon as you can build a lightning rod because batteries are going to be very important and like I hadn't seen anything with electricity. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I still don't. Like, I've been playing the game for like 20 hours. I still have not, to, I've not done anything with electricity. I don't have, I barely have sprinklers on my farm. Like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very low key. And hearing stuff like that and hearing things like, oh yeah, you got to do this to get the battery so that you can power the thing so that you can manage all of your stuff so that you can automate all this. Like, all of this stuff like kind of loops back in so that you're not spending all of your time managing your farm. Um, yeah. but the, the second thing that it does and, oh man, I, I don't even really, okay. So like, there's some weird shit happening. Like it's, and I'm not going to say, I don't want to directly compare it to Twin Peaks because I think if you say the words Twin Peaks, like it sets a lot of expectations, but it has a very weird move into a community of people you don't know. And they're all kind of weird vibe. Like I haven't met a log lady and I can mm. so get into yeah, that. Like I haven't met a log lady, <laughs> but there's definitely like a chick named Pam that like all she does is sit in her trailer all day until about four o'clock. And then she goes to the bar. Like I've, I, I just kind of figure that out naturally by walking around like, Oh, okay. At four o'clock you come out of your trailer and you walk to the bar and you stay there until about 10. And then you go back to your trailer. Like you do that every day. Okay, cool. Um, I don't really remember where I was going with this, but so as you, as you go through like all of this stuff and like, as you do more things for people, like Pam put on a, on a bulletin board, like, Hey, I want to have a red mushroom. And I was like, fuck, I got a red mushroom. So I brought my red mushroom to her and I gave it to her and she gave me like 500 gold or whatever. Like that was a little quest that I completed. Um, as you, as you do this stuff, like you start unlocking this other side. And I mentioned the community center before where you have to fulfill, like you have to create these things and then like kind of, I don't even really know how to describe it. Like there's these tasks you have to complete and it could be like make a piece of corn and, you know, put it on this table or whatever. And as you complete these things, it unlocks more and more of the world. So like I finished one and then like a bridge opened up. So now I can access a different part of the map. I finished another one and it gave me like a thing to turn wood into coal so that I could just make my own coal instead of having to go and like, you know, break up stones for coal. Like it's like, there's, there's so many like interconnecting systems. And the reason that this is cool, like all of these things that it makes you do is because it's not just like make a piece of corn. Like there's a fishing one. There's a, like a mining one. There's a uh, adventuring one, like killing stuff. Like there's all kinds of different things. So like there's an incentive built into the game to make you play all of the parts of the game which is like kind of a fascinating game design, right? Like it's making, it's not making mm-hmm. you do anything. You can literally ignore all of the mining if you want to, as long as you don't want to make anything out of stone. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Incentive is definitely sounds like the word there. Like it is, it is alluring to you to engage with parts of the game. Maybe you wouldn't normally so that you can further the parts you do really want to enjoy. And like, so the, like the, my least favorite part of the game so far is fishing. 
and you get a fishing pole pretty early and you can go to like, there's a river, there's some lakes, there's an ocean, like you can do different types of fishing. And it's my least favorite mechanically of, of any of the things that you do because like the little mini game that they have you do kind of sucks. But has there ever been a good fishing mini game? No, 100% not. I fucking hate okay. fishing in video think games. So. Like outside of like ridiculous fishing, which that was just the game. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous fishing was but. fine. Like <laughs> that gave you it. You could fish with a shotgun at ridiculous fishing. Like that's great. I know. <laughs> but finding this thing in the community center where there's like a fish tank and it wants me to put all this fish in and I start like looking through what it wants me to get and like there's exotic fish and like there's not just like you know bass or anything like there's all these weird stuff like there's like crazy looking fish that I haven't I didn't even know were in the game <laughs> like it's insane <laughs> and there's just it's just it's just really involved like it's it's a very relaxing game and I, I mentioned this earlier but like at first I was getting kind of nervous because there's a, there's a day and a night cycle. Like you, you have only so much time in a day to play the game and then you have to go to bed. Like you start getting tired around 11 o'clock every night and, and the game is like, Hey, you got to go to bed to rest up. Uh, and I was worried that I was missing things like that. I, if I didn't do enough stuff through the day that I would like miss out on things. And it's just, doesn't seem to be the case. Like I literally can go do anything at all. Some quests that you accept are timed, but like, it's just a quest. Like all you're missing is a few hundred gold from it or whatever. But like, I can literally go talk to any of these people at any time. I can do whatever I want to, or I don't have to do anything. I can just go fish all day or I can go like explore the map. Like I can just literally do anything. It's really, really, really fun. And of course there's like upgrading your weapons and your tools and, it's just like it's it's just like it all loops back in on itself and it's one of those things where um like before i went to lunch today i was like okay i've got one day and i'm gonna go do all my stuff so i did all my stuff and then i was like okay i'm gonna go to bed and then i thought to myself maybe i can squeeze in one more day before i go to lunch like maybe i can just have just one more day like i can get up i'm gonna have to like get my chickens and get my mayonnaise and I'll be selling all these jams and I could like, I did the whole thing. Like it's ridiculous. So Jeremy, Jeremy, come back to us. It's okay. Oh, I know. I know. Like it, it's so relaxing. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, I'm more, no, that sounds awesome. And I'm, I'm tempted to just buy it as, as you're talking right now. And, I, and, and, and do do because like our monster of the week DMS will just turn into Stardew Valley stuff because me, <laughs> yeah. me, me and Chris, like it's bled into our, our group DM that we have, but me and Chris have done nothing but DM each other back and forth about like what to do (laughs) chris is having a baby right now like once you put a kitchen in your house you can romance a lady and then you can have a baby that's insane i don't know if i'm ready for that kind of commitment (laughs) i've been married for 12 years and i'm not ready for that kind of commitment (laughs) so that's my one game um steven i I think it's probably your turn to talk about some video games since you're our guest and we made you wait till last yes please do we'll we'll skim over these because i just said i guess i'm gonna take vader's place of having bad opinions because i've got some maybe controversial opinions about a certain game on my list um but uh i think you might have oh man i think it was uh last week on dark insight you mentioned i was doing a uh, a blood level four run of bloodborne and i'm up against rom still i haven't really been able to devote a whole lot of time to to punishing myself too much with that uh recently just i don't you know i'm either i don't have time or i don't particularly feel like being sad at bloodborne because as much as it bloodborne is my favorite in the series but I think Rom might be my least favorite boss in the series. Like I absolutely hate that fight, even when 
I'm not doing a challenge run. I just, I don't think it's very fun. I get it thematically and visually. It's cool, but playing it is, I hate it. Um, so there's that. Um, and then I've been playing a lot of Resogun again for some odd reason. I just decided to reinstall that. Hell yeah. Guys, that game's a lot of fun. Resogun rules, He's a, man. Like a, cranked it up to master difficulty and it's just nonsense like it's bananas what starts happening on the screen oh, man, i love that game so much i like when like we talked earlier about like how the ps4 didn't have like great launch a uh, great launch lineup but man they gave resogun resogun away mm-hmm. for free on ps plus and i fucking yeah consumed yeah. that game that game was hey. all i did for the first like two weeks that i had a ps4 mm-hmm yeah, it is. And they've added so much, like, because I stopped playing it after, like, the first couple months at launch, and then they just updated it with a bunch of crap that I didn't know about uh, since then. Like, you can, like, download user-created ships and stuff, and, like, it's just it's insane. Um, But, yeah, so Resogun, super fun still. And then um, I've been playing a smattering of Super Nintendo games because I got a Wii U. Nice. Because, uh, you know, it's timely. Nice. I got, you know, the the hip new Nintendo console. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, well, hey, it's going to be the Nintendo console with the best library for the next uh, couple of years. So there's that. Uh, um, come at me, haters. The, the super, the uh, I've been playing a bunch of Super Nintendo games that I didn't get really a chance to play as a kid, or I didn't really play in in any kind of earnest. Like so I've been playing like Link to the Past and Mega Man X and like stuff like that that like I may have toyed around with, but I never really was able to appreciate at the time. Uh, and so far, I'm really enjoying like a downloaded Street Fighter Alpha Two, which I remember playing a lot as a kid. And it's great still. Um, and then I played Super Metroid, and I. I really, really like Super Metroid. I was not expecting it to be one of the weaker Metroidvanias I've ever played. <laughs> like, <laughs> people talk about this game like it, like it's this piece de resistance. Like it's like this masterpiece. And for the time, maybe it was. And like I could, I could imagine playing Super Metroid a, even like a few years after it came out and just being totally blown away by it. But like. I've already, like, I think Symphony of the Night is a better game in every respect. Boo. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I love wow. Symphony of the Night. I like Metroid Prime kind of a bit better than Super Metroid. Oh, my God. Like, I know. Where, where, I, where did Steven's audio got, go? Oh, we must have lost him. I guess we'll just have to finish the podcast without him. Steven doesn't have any audio anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I. I don't want to think that way, but I could just like, man, I wish I could like go around this. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe because this is like the first time I'm playing this game and I've had all these other experiences already. Maybe like super or Metroid prime was my first Metroid. So that might have a lot to do with it. Um, but like, I, I even went back and played Metroid prime again, just to make sure I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I'm not crazy and look through <laughs> this through, you know, I'm not remembering that that game is better than it actually is. And just like the, I like the way that Metroid prime moves and feels like, obviously it's very different. It's, it, it's impossible to compare the two games because they're vastly different. Um, even even though it's similar styles of you moving around environments and coming back and looping back around with new abilities, it's still it expresses itself very differently. And again, I don't think Super Metroid's real bad. I think it's great. I just think that 
every Metroidvania I've played that came out since then is has improved on that immensely satisfying formula that Super Metroid established. I just think it's been built on way better since then. Like even Axiom Verge, I kind of like a little bit better than Super Metroid. So, so here's 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 the thing, right? Like you were you were reading Lords of the Ring. Nope. Lord of the Rings. There was only one Lord. There's <laughs> yeah. Lords of the Ring. <laughs> There's is there one ring or there one Lord of the Rings? I don't. It's Lord of the that, Rings. Yeah. Lord. Is that the sequel to Lords of the Fallen? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if it's Lord of the Rings, oh no, because there's totally seven. There's rings. more. Than anyway, one, right? anyway, anyway, yeah. There's more yeah. than. But yeah. you're you're reading Lord of the Rings, um, like thirty years too late, right? Like, so you're like, oh, these fucking orcs are That's... are garbage. Like, I don't. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Also, Lord of the Rings isn't well written. So no, it's not. Yeah, and it's filled with bullshit songs. <laughs> like it's just like, it's, it's, a, it's hard to read. Those movies are the best way to experience Lord of the Rings. But anyway, yeah. no, yeah, I I totally understand. Like I said, I totally appreciate like I wish I could put myself back when this came out to just have my mind completely just opened and then and completely scrambled and then closed again by this game because I can't imagine going into something that was like this when it first came out that has like, Oh man, I'm upgrading stuff. And I have to go back to where I was before because there are secrets there and I'm going to get upgrades the whole time. But like I said, like I just, I think it's more fun to do that in other games that I have played since then, uh, which is unfortunate. Like, like I said, I don't want to have those opinions, but yeah, I just like, I'm going to go play Castlevania symphony of the night now. Cause I'd rather be a bat. So yeah, there's that. I'm sorry, guys. I guess I'm never allowed to come back on here again. Not with these mm. Batman opinions, you're not. <laughs> hey, don't even. <laughs> me, me and Steven have I a long rivalry between can... X-Men and Batman. So. <laughs> Which one of us is objectively right. Yeah, and, and the other on. one is named Steven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> At least I don't like Star Wars that much. Yeah, yeah no oh, doubt. Man, yeah. Why are you hating on Star Wars? <laughs> oh, now we got uh, now was, we got Josh uh, that into was, it. <laughs> that was that was meant as a dig towards uh, Mr. Brian. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Mr. Brian Wade. If there's any consolation, if there's any consolation, huge Batman fan over here. So yeah, all right, yeah. digital high five. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, Batman is my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I don't, I don't want to uh, cut us off from any more conversation, but um, I'm going to be up against a deadline here in a little while. You guys want to get to our, yeah. our listener mail? Let's do it. Yeah. So I put yeah, a call we'll out um, on a tweet that I am struggling to bring up so that I can read. Uh, and, uh, our tweet was, have you ever thought of a question that only Morbid Beard could answer? DM us and we'll make him answer it on this week's episode. So normally we take turns reading stuff um, and everybody just kind of talks about it. But Steven, I want you and I to switch off and ask Josh yeah. these questions so that he is forced to answer them. <laughs> and I will uh and I'll take the first one who is uh from Chris Mosier, aka Local Bones, aka It's your boy, aka It's your boy. <laughs> AKA the and I can't remember the is it a, is he a freak? What is it? The uh, a new yeah, kind yeah, of freak. He's, he's a new he's a whole new he's kind a, of whole new level of he's freak. He's a whole new Chris level Mosier. of freak. <laughs> Um, if I didn't know him, I'd probably want to hunt if him. If I, I do know him, and I kind of want to hunt him, um, <laughs> aka Mister Hunk himself. Um, Chris says, "Question for Mister Beard: 
pardon me, Lord Beard. I meant no disrespect in simply referring to you as Mr. My humblest apologies, Your Majesty Beard. He follows with the question, does the carpet match the drapes? AKA, is your ball beard as glorious as your face beard? Thank you for your time, Lord Beard. <laughs> and I think you can expand well, on this as much as you want to, but I think all of our listeners just want a yes or no on this one. I can confirm it is most definitely a yes. <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. In oh, fact, man, I feel so I, much closer to you now, Josh. <laughs> in fact, just to indulge slightly, my my grand master plan that I've actually had in action for probably about mm, 12 years now is I wanted to get to a stage where my beard is actually long enough to matter into <laughs> said drapes. <laughs> oh no. And then I wanted and then I actually wanted to learn to play it like a double bass. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> That's the oh, best man. possible answer to that question. <laughs> I don't know if I if I talked about this um, here, but uh, my stepdad has or my stepdad was a is a motorcycle guy. Like has was like a big Harley Davidson guy for pretty much the entire time that I've known him. And he's got like the full ZZ top, right? Like the long beard and the long ponytail. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. And uh, good man, like him already. He uh he's in his mid sixties and he had to have uh, heart surgery. And I've known this dude for 36 years of my life, right? Like almost 40 years that I've known this guy. And in heart surgery, like you can't, I don't know if you guys know this. I didn't, I, it makes sense, but you can't have a beard and have someone perform yeah. heart surgery for you. Like it's unhygienic as hell. Mm. So they had to shave this dude's face and he's my stepdad, but he has two daughters that I'm, you know, half brothers or step, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're all family. Um, none of us have ever seen this dude's clean shaven face before, and it was bizarre. <laughs> it was so yeah, that's weird. So weird. <laughs> yeah, and like, like my 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 sister and my stepsister were both like upset. Like one of them cried because they had to shave off this dude's beard. Oh. My stepsister was like, "I'll braid it and just put it behind him, like so he doesn't have, so it's not going to interfere." And they were like, "No, no, no, we have to shave it." So yeah. Mm. So keep your heart right, I Josh, feel- so you can keep your beard right. Yeah. I feel, I feel his pain. I mean, to kind of take that and relate it to the question that was just asked, if you say that that's the, the drapes of it, let's say that something else was the curtain pole that was holding up that sort of, I don't know, that's the sort of drapes. Um, <laughs> I don't know I would rather lose the drapes and the curtain pole than the beard, personally. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, oh. yeah, yeah, you'd rather yeah. you'd rather your carpet be bald than your than your cheeks. <laughs> is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd rather, yeah, I'd, I'd rather actually um just like lose all of that <laughs> than uh, than lose the beard because I'd be losing less. So, <laughs> Stephen, you want to take the next yeah. question for us before we get way into sure. Josh's junk? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to camp out there for a little bit, but sure, we can move on. Uh, send plus at Sentinot underscore plus on Twitter. Uh, he says, Stardew Valley or the Flame in the Flood? Now, this is an interesting one because I had never heard of the Flame in the Flood until about three days ago um, when it, I think, has just gone up as a pre-order um, on mm-hmm. PSN. 
Um, so I did have a quick look at the, the screenshots of it, and it does look pretty good, but I know nothing about it. And based on everything I've heard about Stardew Valley, I'm just going to have to go for that one. Nice. Because yeah. it's it's the one I know the most about, so it makes sense. I can't remember if it was Nikki or Vader that brought this up on the last, maybe the last episode or the episode before last. Whenever we had Nikki on, I, my my memory is shot. I'm sorry, fellas. I believe that was the last, yeah. last episode. Yeah. Um, one of them brought up the Flame of the Flood, and I looked it up, and it's I, my issue with the Flame of the Flood. I think is going to be the same issue that I have with Don't Starve, which is why I never like finish any of these crafting games except for maybe Stardew Valley. Is that like the punishment is pretty hard? Like you're actually trying to survive versus Stardew Valley of yeah. just like I can do whatever the fuck I want to. Like I don't. I'm not going to go hungry. Like Don't Starve. You get hungry and then you die of like illness. Like that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like <laughs> yeah, I, I think true. that's gonna be my issue. i can do that in real life i don't want that in a video exactly like i have enough trouble like feeding myself <laughs> in the real world <laughs> i want to do that in a video game our next question yeah, is fine. uh ninja plus badger equals 2017 at ninja badger 7 on twitter and he says hi gods i would like to ask my friend josh how he would quote reboot metal gear solid post kojima also, can you ask why he likes Lords of the Fallen? We all want to <laughs> Neo. Why? <laughs> ah, I see what you did there, Ninja. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, to answer the second question first, I'd say I like Lords of the Fallen just because it's kind of like playing a game based on the metal album cover, and I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> although it is, but then you go and play doom and you think well doom is not only a better game but it's also a better album so you know you kind of i do i do like lost of fallen not as much as some people richard but <laughs> i do i do like it um quite a fair bit i suppose but i just i don't know i think that it's it's not as bad as people make it out to be obviously it's nowhere near as good as what it is trying to ape but um i don't really think it's that bad um and to answer the first question oh that's a tough one because th this is my favorite this is this is my ultimate series this one um i don't know anything reboot now i guess i'll load post email i don't know that's a real tough question to answer because i, I think Sorry, go on. Uh, I was going to say, I think what, what you should do is like have it to where like some of the soldiers under Big Boss get taken to a portal and you have them fight <laughs> zombies. I think that would be the best way to take that series. Well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> well, do I have news for you? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I don't know. You see, because... That series to me, including MGS5, which I am quite the apologist for, I must say, because people hate mm -hmm. on the story mm -hmm. in that game, but I absolutely, I loved the story in that game. I thought it was absolutely spectacular. But that series as a whole is just so damn good that there's not a lot I could really do. The only thing I could really reboot post kojima would be maybe to actually go all the way back and try and find some way to bring the very first two games mm. at a, like at a more user-friendly level because they're so 
confined by the times that they the time that they were made in that it's it's virtually impenetrable to actually play them now so i'd say maybe because everyone's on about sort of rebooting Metal Gear Solid 1 and PS1 which don't get me wrong i'm all for but i think that if you were to reboot that game now you would kind of lose the charm of it because the the whole reason why that game is as good as it is it was based on the limitations of the hardware at the time and how it managed to take that and actually manipulate it so they said we know that we've got the limitations of this hardware but it doesn't stop us from doing what we want to do and i think because technology has progressed so much nowadays if you were to reboot that game it just it wouldn't have the heart and soul that it used to have and it would probably if that was to happen i don't know i would hate to say that it would tarnish my opinion of the entire franchise because that series is untouchable but it would be bordering on that so i'd say the only thing you really could do is to actually bring the first two games up to date to an extent where people could experience them because they are integral to the story obviously they are canon so they're very integral to the overall story and people should really play them to understand things better because obviously the the canon of that series is so all over the shop that trying to differentiate where they fall in the timeline is is you know unless you really know what you're on about it's a bit difficult but i'd say that's probably the best route to go down because all the other games in my eyes are pretty much untouchable they're flawed but no game's perfect and i just i love them for what they are so yeah steven yeah hit our next question oh yeah so the bye-bye man <laughs> i gotta i gotta ask why in the world he changed his twitter handle <laughs> the movie looks ridiculous uh, anyway uh who's at strenuous orb on twitter uh, he says what's the best mashuga album that's an easy one catch 33 he should know that he like, should know on. that <laughs> it's the yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I've never listened to Meshuggah, so I, I, I have literally no idea. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, that's by far their best album. It's an album where every track feeds into the next one, so you can kind of listen to the entire track as one. I like the entire album as one massive track. It's it's very experimental, but man, that album is so good, and it's heavy as balls as well. That album is so good. Yeah, piece of piss. Try harder next time. <laughs> <laughs> Take that strenuous Call orb. <laughs> we should probably be nicer with him because I'm a I'm in the process of getting him onto the show, so he'll be a guest. Pretty oh yeah, soon. definitely. No, no, he's a real nice guy. But say, you know, yeah. Um. Finally, we have a question from Mikhail London, who is Mikhail at Mikhail London on Twitter, and he simply says, "How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood?" And Josh, I, I really need a an in depth, thoughtful answer from you on this one. I, I need to know. Well, if a woodchuck could chuck Chuck Norris in the fucking bin, I think the entire world would be a lot happier. Excellent, excellent, well thought, well well stated. I'm I'm in, I'm yeah. into this answer. Very, very good job. Very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's I've been thinking, pondering that one since I first saw that question come up, and thinking, well, people seem to think that Chuck Norris is still relevant, so you know, might as well just uh, 
shove him in the bin. (laughs) 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 Well, I think that about wraps us up, doesn't it, gentlemen? I think we're about done. Unless there's anything else anybody would want to cover. Nope. I mean, I'm all good, really. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Cliff is buzzing me in. He wants to say a few words. Oi, governor! Where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to do that for a long time. I'm sorry. I've been waiting for you to do that for a (laughs) long time. Get us out of here. Let's stop this podcast. I'm getting goofy. (laughs) I just wanted to say real quick, that would have been a good impression if you'd sounded a little more angry. (laughs) (laughs) A little more angry. Well, at least it was better than mine because I always have to turn to the stereotype and I go, cool, blimey, Mary Poppins. I've gone and done myself a mischief. <laughs> <laughs> also, also good. Yeah, that's the one I always have to turn to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the thing that just before we wrap up, I was I was looking on Netflix the other day and they've got, I can't remember what the name of the show is, but it was in like the, the Great Britain section of Netflix. So that's a bit of a crap segment to have, really. <laughs> um, but there was there was something like Breaking Britain's Taboos or something. And it actually, it turned out to be something a lot more sinister than I thought it was. But what I thought it was going to be about was because obviously we have this stereotype about, you know, eating crumpets and drinking tea i thought breaking british taboos was like clamping down on people for drinking cups of tea after six o'clock in the evening i thought like <laughs> are, are we really that crap as a nation that we have to make a show all about clamping down on people for drinking tea as it turns out it was a bit more sinister but i don't know maybe that's just that's just me jumping to conclusions i think but <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but so i think that about uh wraps this up so uh, i'd say Thank you very much to Stephen for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to finally podcast with you. Heck yeah, man. I'm sorry my opinions couldn't be better, though. Oh, it's fine. We just, we just put it down to you being a wizard. It's cool. It's all right. Yeah, I, You know what? I'll take yeah. it. We're also used to yeah, bad opinions because, you know, Cliff's on the show all the time. So <laughs> There you go. Yeah. And, and, you know, Vader's not on it, so somebody's got to be here to finish. I guess that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Although I just hope that you don't have to pay an arm and a leg just to get, you know, a, a tea cake or something. Seriously. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I've got, I've got Taco Bell down the road. I'm 50 cents will do me. Oh, I'll do. That's all right then. Yeah, but it's been an absolute pleasure to finally record a podcast with you. It's something yeah, I've wanted to do for a, a long time. So I'm glad that uh, that your schedule was able to, to um, accommodate this, this meeting of fine gentlemen, shall we say. We shall. Yes, yeah, definitely. But um, <laughs> thank you very much to every single one of you for listening. Um, so it's good to be back in the saddle after, well, it must be, I don't know, about three, four weeks now. It's about four weeks now, I think, since I've been on. Um, yeah, but Sid, um, thank you all to, and I'd like to reiterate my earlier point as well, saying thank you for constantly supporting us and what we do. And, you know, so if you can leave us uh, like an, I don't know, a, a rating or a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're on, you know, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, even if it doesn't like help us climb the ratings, it's, just, it's good to know that people like what we do. Um, especially you know, with things being the way that they have been recently, it's just good to know that, you know, that we, if we can like make somebody happy and put a smile on their face, then in, in my eyes, that's, that's a job well done. So, you know, if, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really good to to know that all of you just I don't know engage with us and just keep us going and keep us I don't know, 
in the mood to do this sort of thing. So we, yeah, we, um, we love every single one of you. So thank you very much yes, for, for making this so. a delight to do. Yeah, yeah, very much indeed. So, um, so I would say, Stephen, where can people find you if they wish to find you on the internet? Uh, sure, I am at FromSoftJunkie on Twitter, so you can hear all my other bad opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Which there are many. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and Jeremy, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at JG Greer on the internet. And just to give a shout out, um, <clears throat> if you like me and Steven, we do a podcast together called Monster of the Week. It's based on the TV show Supernatural. So if you want to hear us talk about hunks, demons, um spirits rock salt racist trucks um, shipping shipping <laughs> i've definitely said hunks before right because there's a lot of hunks so maybe i need to mention yeah, hunks it's fine you, you can never repeat that too many times yeah. it's all right no not really um, yeah. so go check go check that show out at monster of the week dot cool yeah and then from there you'll find his other forty eight thousand podcasts <laughs> <he does>. <laughs> <laughs> funny thing is i'm pretty much not even joking now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah and so if you want to find me um it's pretty much basically just twitter is the only part of the internet i tend to inhabit um which is at morbid beard on twitter so you can find me on there um i don't really think i have too many bad opinions but you can come and talk to me and <laughs> i know you i'll let you be the judge of that one so yeah um thank you very much for listening and we'll i will see you in two weeks and then hopefully cliff will be able to see you next week so uh i'll still say see you later bye bye Thank you.